Uh, moving to Midrand now, the 10 a.m. deadline has come and passed, and this for Vodacom to respond uh, to the hashtag Please Call Me movement's demands. And uh, they are demanding that the telecommunications giant resolve uh, the stalemate with Nkosana Makate. Now, Vodacom has been embroiled in a protracted legal battle with Makate, who is an employee, who was rather an employee of the firm when he uh, thought of the Please Call Me idea. Meanwhile, the South African African police services have blocked protesters from entering Voda World. And Vodacom spokesperson Byron Kennedy says that they have suspended operations for the day and this is amid the protest action. Protesters have started arriving at uh, the campus in Midrand. Uh, so, and at this stage, what we have done is that the retail stores uh, have been closed. So that's the Vodacom World uh, as well as the, the Virgin Active. Naturally, the, the safety and security of our staff, as well as our customers, that's of paramount importance to, uh, to, to Vodacom. Yeah, so from, from our point of view, there was a, a constitutional court order that laid out uh, a very deliberate kind of process. We fully complied with the constitutional court order. Playing it by ear, um, absolute priority today has got to be the safety and security of uh, customers and, and our staff. And that was Vodacom spokesperson Byron Kennedy. So for more on the story, we join on the line now by our reporter uh, Amina Akram, who is at Vodaworld. Amina, good afternoon. So first and foremost, what is the situation currently in uh, Midrand? Good afternoon and good afternoon to your listeners. Uh, well, since 7 o'clock there have been, uh, you know, uh, protesters coming in with transport buses and minibuses. There's about hundreds of protesters outside the Vodaworld in Midrand, and there's a huge police contingency around here. Uh, there's nothing happening inside Waterworld. Uh, there's just what you call a skeleton stuff. So in the morning when I got here, there was a few people coming in. I managed to get into uh, Waterworld where I saw that there was nothing happening and spoke to the management at Waterworld and asked them, you know, what would happen, what, what's going to happen going forward. But currently the protesters are still outside. Uh, they had given management a deadline of about 10 o'clock this morning to either renegotiate um, the deals they had or to sort of uh, go back to the joint table or hand over the money that is owed to this particular individual, Makate, who was the original, who they say that the, who has been called the original inventor of the Please Call Me. Amina, is uh, Mr. Makate himself present at that march at all? Mr. Makati is not here. His lawyer is also not here. Uh, however, the leadership at, uh, from the campaign has told us that uh, Panyaza is on his way here. And uh, there has been quite contingency surrounding uh, basically Panyaza's, uh, you know, thoughts around this whole debate and his campaign and basically supports regarding this young man uh, to be given this money. Um, we're not sure what's going to happen now because it's way past the 10 o'clock deadline. Uh, we have spoken to uh, one of the guys called Modise Setuaba who says that they are re be strategizing and regrouping to decide the way forward after it placed these demands. They haven't had from management and there hasn't been any management coming to to acknowledge them at the gate. All all that there is this until now is just really heavy security presence who've gotten off the section where the water world entrance is. It's a really heavy, heavy police security there, both outside and inside at the premises of water world.
Well, we'll leave it there for now. Our reporter Amina Akram at the protest against Vodacom, and she's speaking to us there from Voda World in Madrid. So, to get some background uh, on this particular matter, we join now uh, in our Joburg studio by Economics uh, Desk Editor Tanega Kubule Mbeki. Tanega, good afternoon. Now, if you could just briefly take us back to when and how this particular issue started. Gosh, this started um, about fourteen or sixteen years ago. And um, the first journalist to cover it was a young journalist by Tabiso Mochiko. She at the time worked at the Star newspaper in the business report section. And she identified this young innovator who was struggling to be heard. And after her story, I gave her a call and I said, oh, Tabiso, this is an interesting story. Can we follow up? Can we see what we can do? And um, in trying to investigate the story, we we met many stone. We were stonewalled a lot, and so I roped in a, a journalist from the Sunday Times called Lithium Jolly, and Rob Rose, who was then um, already quite advanced as a corporate investigative journalist. And um, together, as a group of four people, we went around um, speaking to all people involved. One thing that we did do is to look into the South African Patents and Intellectual Property Office where they uh, register patents. And we realized that um, the patent for Please Call Me was not registered and we could not find a patent under that construction or that name or anything that was registered as a Vodacom patent um, for Please Call Me. And um, when we had done the patent search, we um, then called up the then chairman of Vodacom, Peter Moyo. We met with him at a hotel in Melrose Arch and we asked him why they had not um, patented the invention because in the internal newsletters of Vodacom at the time, in an article um, prepared by Vodacom, Andrew Tembo, who was a CEO at Vodacom at the time, had already acknowledged in writing Ngosana Makate as the originator of the idea and committed the organization to paying um, him or to sharing some of the upside of the invention should Vodacom commercialize the invention successfully. And then... At the time, um, Alan Notcraig, the the leader of Vodacom, the overall CEO, um, was um, was releasing a book. We went eagerly to Hyde Park and bought the book. And lo and behold, in one of the pages, he claimed to have been the inventor of the invention, Please Call Me. And Vodacom seemed to back him up in his assertion that... Um, he was the inventor. Well, all the claimants have fallen in the lower courts. They've all Their claims have all been um, rendered null and void. And um, this matter has not just been decided in the constitutional court. It wasn't a direct access matter. It, was, it started off in the lower courts years ago. And all along, um, Gosana has been winning. And Vodacom has been appealing and appealing and appealing. And the final loss was in the constitutional court where the ruling recognizes him as the inventor of Please Call Me. Unless now we want to second guess the intelligence, the competence and the intellectual abilities of so distinguished a bench, I don't know why these um, counterclaims are now surfacing.
Well, it is the final arbiter as it stands, so I'm not sure how far that would go. But this 70 billion rand that everybody seems to be talking about as the amount that is owed uh, to Nkosana, tell us about that. Where does that amount come from? Well, in my chats with Nkosana, and you'll know that Nkosana has a gag order on him now. Um, well, it's not a gag order. It's he agreed to a non-disclosure agreement in order to negotiate in good faith and silently with um, Vodacom and others. Well, um, he said, he, well, he seems to be saying that it's the composite or the quantum of benefits the, of commercial and, and and monetary benefits that accrued to Vodacom and as a result of his invention that he's asking for 15% well, he's asking for 15 rand of every one rand, 15 cents of every one rand, sorry, um, that Vodacom derived benefit from his invention. Now, Vodacom has signed on contracts with MTN for the use of this um, of, of this invention, as well as with other telephone um, service providers, not just in South Africa, but globally. It's an international um, invention that has brought a lot of benefit to Vodacom, um, which has um, claimed it and contracted on the back of. And the the, the amusing one is the invention is is the the claim that it it, it arose in MTN. Um, if an MTN employee um, came up with this in, innovation, why did MTN not patent it and register it as part of their intellectual property? One has to ask the question. I mean, it's logical. So um, as we covered the story through the years, we saw that Gosana became increasingly impoverished and had to rely on um, funders and legal um, funders, people who fund litigation in the hope that um, it will be successful and then they would get a percentage of the, upca- of the upside. And um, really it's, it's, it's defined his life and gutted his income and because not only was he victimized and thrown out of Vodacom um, when he started um, asking for his side of the, the share, uh, and he was he, he was he was out of work. Now you must understand that um, he has defeated three claims. The first was the claim that because he was an employee of Vodacom, everything he invented would then be the property of Vodacom. That was defeated in the lower courts because basically Ngosana was an accountant. He was working in the accounting department. He wasn't in the R&D or the innovations and, you know, or legal or patenting department of Vodacom at all. And Vodacom had said um, to him that they would um, consider him in, 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 in sharing um, the outcomes. Then um, he's also defeated Alan Notcraig's um, assertion that he was the inventor. And um, Alan Notcraig left the scene quite disgraced. And, and thirdly, he has defeated all other claimants to, to be the originators with the constitutional court's ruling. So um, what remains now is for um, Ngosana and Vodacom to finally agree on what is just and what is equitable under the circumstances. I don't know. I don't want to go into the figures, and I don't want to speculate. But even at this stage, um, the game seemed to continue because we spoke to Nkosana a couple of weeks ago at the point at which Vodacom had allegedly indicated that they had reached a settlement um, with his 
legal team, which he he basically refuted that particular claim. So where do they stand right now? You know, how long before they are able to reach an agreement? Do we know? I actually don't know. I mean, the mud, the waters are so muddied by a lot of lies and lots of claimants and, oh, wow, and, and almost like an exploitation of the public's um, lack of knowledge about the history of this issue. And then uh, just looking at the protest action today, uh, what sort of impact do you think it would have on this particular uh, case and the outcome therein, if any? You know, this case is very interesting because um, seldom do we see such active consumer activism where consumers of a, a company's products or services demand that a company does the right thing in their view or acts justly towards another. Um, I think this is the first in South African consumer. Um, I remember the sort of beacon boycotts in the past and, you know, during the apartheid days, but in the post-apartheid period, we haven't seen much of this kind of consumer action against a large corporation. First of all, this has been a David and Goliath case from the start, and now it seems that um, he's gaining some traction and some you know, some following and some more. But it raises many, many other questions. Like, for example, in South Africa, there is a huge commercialization gap. There are many first, South African firsts where um, inventors invent something, but then there is a commercialization gap because the invention just lies fallow and is registered and patented, but doesn't meet some commercial application. And um, South African inventors uh, are very frustrated with South African corporates in that they are very reluctant to go into R&D to test ideas. So um, it means that if an inventor like Ngosana gets so frustrated by um, a corporation during a successful um, um, commercialization, um, it means that maybe South African inventors, young people who are creative and able and have got the IT and the knowledge skills to develop new things that change industries um, would look elsewhere for commercialization. I think that's a huge pity. Certainly is. Tandeka Kobole Mbeki, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. Um, our Economics Desk editor there speaking to us about uh, the situation involving uh, Vodacom, uh, the telecommunications giant, and uh, of course the inventor of uh, Please Call Me, Ngosana Makate. And it's a very interesting one, as Tandeka was pointing out there, you know, as far as consumers and consumerism goes, I must admit, I took a step back and I thought about, okay, I am with Vodacom. What does this mean? You know, what sort of action ought I to be taking here? Uh, So it's a very interesting one. And I, I wonder how many people have stopped in their tracks to think about this and their own uh, sort of activism in cases like these. But there's another conversation that Tandega also touches on that needs to be had about patents and patent laws and inventions and how people actually struggle with these. And um, not just as far as corporates goes or, you know, um, places where you find yourself uh, like in Kosana did you in the workplace and you come up with an invention and then you either shortchanged or for some reason you can't uh, bring it to market. But also the role played by tertiary institutions in this regard where inventions are um, also basically uh, had there. What happens in that instance? These are things we don't talk about. These are things we don't know about. And uh, very often we don't know why people actually take their inventions outside of 
South Africa because of some of the laws that exist. A conversation for another day, though.